0: Oh my god! Why can't I attack this chicken in Neverwinter Nights? (laughs) Really? Yeah, no, I'm trying neutral. I no, I'm lawful neutral. I should be able to attack a chicken.
1: Lawful neutral, you can't murder chickens.
2: To episode 18 of Random Encounter. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the Boards. Joining me today is the regular cast of mit- Misfits, Mitfits, Misfits, including the Newsman. Zach Pinchick, Super Flat on the Boards. Man who loves Final Fantasy 13 and is not allowed to talk about it today.
0: Stephen Meyer, Taylor's on the boards.
2: And of course, the man with the PR connections that keeps the site going. Uh,
0: this is John McCarroll. I'll be I'll be PR coordinator today
2: excellent excellent all right so we got games to talk about today and then a uh, metric ton of news i would say we have a plethora of news stories does everybody agree with me no we have a gaggle a veritable plethora a veritable plethora Hefe, do you know how much a plethora is uh el guapo uh so who wants to get started with games that they've been playing who wants to start
0: i'll start all
2: right john go for it talk so, about a, it's not an rpg
0: uh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to be talking about an adventure game today, um, and it's a free adventure game for some of you. Um, I have been playing Stacking, which is Double Fine's newest game. Uh, everyone should know Double Fine. They've made the fantastic games like Psychonauts and Brutal Legend, and they just released Costume Quest, the downloadable RPG, a couple months ago. It uh, came out just this last week, and it's a not point-and-click because you're using a controller, but it's an adventure game. And you play as um, a Matryoshka doll named Charlie Blackmore. And your family is essentially pushed into service to the evil baron. And it's up to you to go and save all of your siblings. Um, Gameplay is really interesting in this game. It's more puzzle-oriented than a lot of uh, adventure games. I know that some are like, go here, then go here, then go here. It's a bunch of story. Uh, Really stacking focuses on the puzzles. um, And... What it is is uh, somewhat akin to games like uh, the GameCube game uh, Geist, where you could take control of things. Um, Charlie can jump into other Matryoshka dolls and take control of them. And there are, you know, tons of different types. So you can get people that uh, you jump into a fat old woman that can slap people with her glove. (laughs) Or you uh, you get some unique dolls, too, where I got the Pied Piper and I was on this cruise ship, and I was just taking all of these children away from their parents and running them around the ship for no reason. Oh, that's delightfully creepy. Yeah, no, it is. It's used in actually uh, one of the puzzles, which every puzzle in the game has multiple ways for you to solve it, which is really cool. Um, And it actually lists them for you. It's like you solved, for one of the puzzles I did, there was five solutions. Like, you did solution three. Good job. And you can always go back and play them again and see what other kind of solutions that you can make up, but... For that puzzle, actually, um, you're trying to uh, ruin a museum exhibit so that the the uh, curator will get really mad, and. One of the ways to do pretty much every one of them is you have to jump into one of these Matryoshka dolls. Like one's a mummy, you know, one's a sarcophagus, and it's the different things in the exhibit. But to do so, you have to do something specific. So me as the Pied Piper, there were a bunch of kids in front of this exhibit. I went and I was like, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo on my little flute, walked them away, jumped out of the Pied Piper, and jumped into the uh, sarcophagus and walked away. And... That got me through that puzzle. Um, the The most impressive thing about the game is probably its presentation. The puzzles have been really cool. I have nothing against them. They're a lot of fun. But the presentation is like 1920s old-timey movie. Um, the scenes are in kind of washed-out color, and they have little bits of film on the end. But it's done silent movie style, so they're playing like vaudeville music as they show these <laughs> scenes with these Matryoshka dolls. And then they cut out and they do the, it's like, no, Charlie, they show the text on the screen. And it's really cool. It's cute. And the game is just fun. Like, there's the, the controls wonky. Like, you, they control, as you would expect, a Matryoshka doll to control. And the cameras are really goofy. But I really can't bag on this game because it's just fun.
2: Yeah, definitely sounds interesting. I think we're seeing a lot of uh, XBLA and uh, PlayStation Network games that are trying new things, and I think that's one of the uh, – at least one of the more interesting-sounding games that I've heard of lately.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I played Costume Quest too, and I I actually looked forward to Costume Quest, and I bought Costume Quest the like, day it came out, and I was a little bit disappointed with it. It it was a little bit too – it was like, well, this is just kind of rpg light. There's nothing spectacular about it. There's nothing wrong with it. But you know the the concept was cute and it was it was okay. But when I played stacking, I was like, "This is fantastic!" Um, you know, I got it via free through PlayStation Plus. But this is totally a game that I would have paid for had I not been a subscriber.
3: I mean, is it I, free I,
2: on PlayStation Plus right now?
3: For, yes, it, it, I, I they, think they, by the time the podcast goes up, it may not be free anymore. So I
2: hate this PlayStation Plus crap. I'm I'm sorry, I. I Like, certain games are on sale, certain games you you have access to for, like, a month. It's needlessly confusing. No, no, no.
0: Here's the thing. It's not... If you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, it's not not like Sega Channel, where it's like, we're going to give you these games this month. Oh, okay. It it is. So, I have downloaded Stacking. As long as I subscribe to PlayStation Ah. Plus, I have Stacking. Okay, okay. So, because I was subscribed in the time frame that Stacking was available, it's free for me as long as I subscribe... I, honestly, like it, it's a little confusing at the beginning, but I feel like I get more value out of my PlayStation Plus subscription than I do out of my Xbox Live subscription. Like, I feel like Xbox Live is like, okay, okay, I get party features and I get, you know, chat stuff and I get peripheral things, but when it comes to actually giving me, kind of, it's like, okay, I get demos a week early. And yeah, yeah. there's there's sales every week, whereas the PlayStation Plus, it's like, OK, what free games do I get this month? Uh,
2: that's true.
0: That's true. And it's it's here's the thing. It's not like they're like you get a free copy of this game that no one cares about. It's like you get free copies of good games. Stacking was free day one.
2: Nice, nice. I think Infamous was free for like a week or uh, so.
0: Yeah, PlayStation Plus, what it is is uh, there are a bunch of full game demos available for PlayStation Plus where it's like, do you want to know what Infamous is like? Here, you have 60 minutes of Infamous time. You can download it, you can play it, and if you decide you want to buy it, you can buy it. But it's like okay, we're going to give you just essentially what is like having a one uh, hour rental of this game, and it's oh, really cool. cool.
2: Oh, Okay, all right. Well, that's not as bad as I thought it was. Thank you for clearing that up, John.
0: So right, no problem. Zach, I, I felt like I cut you off. A couple oh
3: yeah, of seconds no, I, ago, just, so. I feel like uh, back to the the actual you know, like stacking, you know, like restacking, and double fine and uh, costume quests. I feel like they've been doing uh, double fine. That is the double fine's been doing a pretty good like distillation. Of like the the genres that they've been trying to to you know yeah you know it, here's these, the thing with these downloadable games because I mean Costume Quest you know like it, it certainly wasn't the the best you know RPG I mean the, the the problem with you know doing a a kind of distillation of the RPG genre is that it's a genre so kind of built on the the complexities of a battle system or the complexities of character management and stat management and so like cutting that stuff out makes it you know kind of seem uh, a little you know RPG light as we you know as we call it but i mean i thought it was it was a lot of fun uh, what i what i played of it i put in like you know a couple hours on a friend's console but um
0: i yeah. i, I... I like Double Fine, and I like what they're doing with doing downloadable titles and releasing them every couple of months. Because you look at Brutal Legend, and I liked Brutal Legend, and but Brutal Legend didn't do well uh, sales-wise. You know, it was a full-fledged $60 game, and it had a boatload of development funds put into it. And I think you look at these Xbox Live PlayStation Network arcade games, and it's, okay, we can have a smaller development cost, but have still the same distilled quality in these games. Like, yeah, I wouldn't pay $60 for stacking. It's probably only going to be, you know, six or seven hours long. But for a $15 slash free game, there you can't go wrong. Like, it's it's great fun. Cool.
2: Cool. Definitely sounds, like, uh, interesting. Is that all you got to say about stacking?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm only a couple hours into it, so it's... Uh, I, I haven't run into any big issues with it. Yeah, there are control issues. Yeah, there are camera issues. But the game is quirky. It's got style. And, you know, if you like adventure games and, and kind of puzzle-oriented adventure games, you're going to like this. Cool, cool,
2: cool, cool. Uh, I think it's probably a good idea to move on to Zach, and he can talk about one of his games and then the game that him and Steven have been playing uh, kind of at the same time. So we're going to shoot it on over to the newsman. Okay.
3: Okay, uh, so the, that game that I alone have been playing is still Dragon Age. Um, Sweet. Yep, yeah, it's it's still good. Uh, it's still Dragon Age. Um, the I'm now in Redcliffe, uh, An astonishing 15 hours in, um, which I, I will say quickly about uh, Deus Ex. I'm like an hour and a half in, and I feel like I've been playing that game for like five hours just because it's like the 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 stealth oriented uh, gameplay. At least how I've been approaching it, and so I feel like I've just been like slowly creeping along. Whereas Dragon Age is like, yep, I looked at my clock, and I was like, oh, well, um, that's that's a lot of that game that I have now played. Uh, and it's really not even all that much. But anyway, so yeah, so I'm in Red Cliff now. Um, the, I've, I've gotten to Rob's infamous zombie fight, where the zombies ignore your aggro and uh, go straight for mages. Um, haven't found that to be too much of a problem. But um, one thing that I wasn't a huge fan of is um, the the difficulty of that fight as it relates to saving um all of the townspeople and <clears throat> basically what what i've kind of the 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 conundrum i've found is that you know dragon age as as a whole gives you a lot of choice over you know what what you're going to do in the game the order in which you you attack various objectives um the just generally kind of how you take care of how you approach your game um and when i'm i'm tasked with defending this village and i want to save all of the all of the mem- all of the uh, the members of the village but there's no i mean maybe it's just not that you know like you're you're not supposed to be able to save them all i know that there's like some sort of uh helmet reward for you know like for saving them but um i feel like there's you know i that i'm not like given like appropriately given that decision Um, you know, like if, like, what, is there something that I could have done, you know, extra because I, excuse me, leading up to the, the actual attack on the village, um, you, you get, you know, you get to go through all of these different kind of like dialogue things, like trying to recruit different characters. So I recruited the guy who owns the tavern and I recruited Mm -hmm. the, the elf at the tavern and I recruited, you know, I found, um, I've told one of the guys about the oil in one of the stores so that we could, like, light the zombies on fire, which only really caused problems because, like, the the AI-controlled people just ran into the fire when the zombies yeah. were there.
2: Flaming um, zombies and people in fire. It's not yeah, good. It's,
3: it's, so, I mean... Bad combination. Uh, on on the one hand, I feel like, you know, like maybe this is just not something I should be nitpicking about and just continue with my game, but for, for a game that has so far given me... A great deal of control over you know like what what I'm able to do, you know like what I can choose to do. I feel like I just don't have like this situation I haven't had uh control over, and to be fair like that's only the first like chunk of Redcliffe. I haven't gotten too far into the castle yet mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Did, was Redcliff the first area that you went to no when... i actually i I guess I didn't talk about it last time, but I played through the mages circle first yeah and and they kind of want you to
2: do the Mage's Circle first because you get the Healing Mage win and she's kind of the win character ha 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 uh <laughs> no because you need a healer in that game like you oh, can't yeah. chug you can't chug health potions fast enough at some points and i did red clip first and so i kind of chopped my knees off when i first started playing the game i just didn't even realize that you know oh there's a character over here that i'm probably going to need so you did the mage's tower um i thought them i found the mage's tower to be extremely tedious like i thought it was it was cool from a cinematic perspective like you're going into this ethereal realm called the
3: fade yeah, where a lot like of people all magic apparently exists hates fade but i i thought it was you know i thought it was pretty cool i, I think was, it's it cool it was interesting it it certainly wasn't you know like i i just been kind of getting used to the excuse me four player party dynamic of you know like having my my rogue and my tank up front and you know, getting and having my uh my two mages in the back and working all of that out and really getting into the battle system. But then you go into the fade and it's like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna I thought the shape shifting was pretty nifty.
2: I, I thought it was interesting but it just it kinda of felt just too long like uh, i'm every time i've played dragon age and I, th- I think i've played it through four or five times now i get to the mages tower and i'm just like okay you know i sit down i pour myself a cup of coffee and i'm like this is going to be about three hours of horrible but once i get through this like the rest of the game's awesome but that that's always like the one section of the game where it, there's always a section in a game that you don't want to play like, uh, in Demon Souls, it's the Tower of Latria. Like, you, I don't want to be there because Cthulhu is going to come out and scare my face <laughs> off. And uh, in Dragon Age, it's the uh, Circle Tower. In Final Fantasy Thirteen, it's the whole first 20 hours. Like, there's just portions of games that you really don't want to experience. And for me, the Mage's Tower is, like, there's, right at the There's top. a mod for that.
3: Lo- that there's can, a mod for yeah, that? You can, you can, like, just completely skip the fade in the PC version.
2: Oh, God, yeah. I love... You. This is why I'm
3: buying
0: Dragon Age. This is why I'm building my new PC and why I'm buying Dragon Age 2 on PC. You know, I this is a total aside, but just because I picked it up on Steam sale before uh, the holidays, you know what? Everyone talks about Dragon Age and kind of Neverwinter Nights 2 just never caught on.
3: No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm like meaning to the play for that. For that. Um, the, I feel like part of the problem with that is um, D&D rule set is kind of i I'm not gonna say like arcane, but it's it's a little harder to pick apart um than like the Dragon Age rule set, which is kind of like I, I'd say D and D light is a pretty solid way to describe yeah. it. Because well, you have, you know, like it's just very, very streamlined for people who don't know, you know, like how like resistances work and
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I remember, you know, playing third edition D&D, you know, pen and paper versions and, you know, making characters that, you know, you go and you're like, okay, I can use this kit and put together these skills. And it's like, okay, I can silently put to sleep anyone within 200 yards.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think Dragon Age is... uh I still really like it. I think it's interesting now that, you know, the first bits of Dragon Age 2 are starting to come out and I'm sure we'll probably talk a little bit about it in news but just the difference that I see between the combat and Dragon Age 1 where, you know, the mages kind of sit there and they're kind of going, you know, pee pew, 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 with their little stabs and now in Dragon Age 2 like, they're freaking Darth Maul like, spinning their stabs around and like lightning bolts are just flying everywhere like, <laughs> it just, it feels like the spectacle
0: ratio of Dragon Age 2 has gone from like a 3 all the way up to a Eleven, you well, know, and it, it, it's no secret that they are targeting kind of this a more con not not necessarily console centric, but a more a, a wider market. Yeah, like and and that's cool, but you get stuff like that when that happens because you want you know the the people who are are you know watching Naruto they're like oh my god that looks like when he does the special move <laughs> i'm a ninja 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 ninja
2: <laughs> just like uh but but no in in Dragon Age 1 you know I, one thing i hate about Dragon Age 1 and this is going to sound really stupid i hate the mages robes and i hate those
3: stupid cone head hats that they wear um, and- I, I think I think I that there's a also a mod for hats for like not having hats. <laughs> and I've been I'd like the more I just have to like the more I need to put hats on my characters to make them not die, the more I'm just like gravitating towards that mod and like trying well, to find them again.
2: Well like um Morgan's character is such a cool character model, you know, not just because she's showing about as much as you could legally show in an M rated game without nudity. Um but but then you like you put a silly hat on her. And it just it, it's so she just got like this cone head hat that's about two feet over her head. It covers her ears. She she looks like Dan Aykroyd. It's just it's just awkward. Like the loot the loot in Dragon Age is pretty atrocious like some of the um you know every rogue just kind of looks like you know some pauper like you know uh we have characters like Ezio in Assassin's Creed who's wearing like this full regalia just like awesome outfit and meanwhile in Dragon Age 1 you look like the Beastmaster you you wear a leather t-shirt you wear like a leather t-shirt and maybe a cloth thong like that's what you wear like (laughs) And um, seeing the trailers for Dragon Age 2, like the the new mage armor that, like, Hawk wears when he's a mage, like, oh, man, it, it's got, like, that samurai, like, Yojimbo thing going on. It's just the art style difference and the spectacle difference between Dragon Age 1 and 2. Like, Dragon Age 1, I love, you know. Uh, I got to get my rogue into position, and I, like, I'll I'll press to make him go around a bunch of enemies, and he just kind of, like, gingerly steps over. And now in Dragon Age 2, he, like, throws down a smoke grenade and, like, disappears and comes out behind him like Batman, you know, uh, here, and then just starts beating the crap out of someone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just – I don't know. it's it's interesting to see how they they took one of the main criticisms and in a very short amount of time they they said okay you you're tired of us throwing grenades at enemies okay how about you throw the grenade up in the air and kick it like blade that's kind of cool mm. I like that
3: but yeah uh, one one thing that I did want to bring up is that um what was it oh uh, unintended consequences of my choosing the mage tower. First, um, and I love when games do this, like, when you, when you switch up the route that you choose, like, to go through the game, um, Mm. is now, like, I'm, I'm dealing with this situation in Redcliffe, and I don't wanna, you know, like, say too much, but basically, it involves an exorcism. Um, and since, and since I took the Mage Tower path first, um, I can now go back to the Mage Tower, get some mages to help me out with this exorcism, so I don't have to sacrifice, uh, one of the characters, in the uh, in the scenario, in the Red Cliff scenario, so
2: uh, do, do you want me to give you the win button for the game right now? Yeah. Um, I mean yeah. i'm I'm not going to I'm not going to say the spoiler, but uh, if you side with the uh, so called evil side of that quest, you get the blood mage specialization, and the game's over. Uh, the blood <laughs> the blood mage is just like you get a skill, and I think it's level twelve or sixteen <laughs> called uh, blood wound. It yep. paralyzes and does massive damage to every enemy in a radius, and
3: it doesn't have friendly fire. All right, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to factor that into my. Just
2: just if you think the game's getting too hard, just get that skill because once I got that, I, it's like all my problems with the game's difficulty just went away. I literally couldn't die. They did a really
1: good job with that actually, like because they talk about how tempting blood magic can be and you know making it so <laughs> oh, powerful. <yeah. laughs> and I think that that's a really cool way of keeping it like within the context of the game. Uh, you know, everyone gets mad if you use it, but it's so powerful, you can see why people would turn to it, because, I mean, you could
2: literally just break the game in half. Well, the game is kind of broken in half, though, because Wynn is all like, I will never have a Blood Mage, I will never be a Blood Mage, I hate Blood Mages, and you can make her a Blood Mage. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, you can! Like, that's. that's I mean, like, it, the the game does a good job of kind of, like, saying, like, ooh, Blood Mage is evil and stuff, Um, but there is, I feel like there is that mechanical disconnect, because, yeah. like, you know, like, it, it's just any other... I mean, for me right now, I don't have it, so it seems like just any other spell in the game just overpowered, and then, you know, like, there's not going to be any consequences for, you know, like, actually having, you know, like, doing whatever, but anyways, um...
1: The whole game kind of had that, though, like, that disconnect Mm -hmm. between what you did and what actually happened, like, not having a reputation kind of, like, made it a little silly, because I could go into a town and murder all the children and then walk up to, like... Some lady's house, and she'd be like, "Oh, hey, you're such a hero." You can't murder children in Dragon Age. What are you talking about? Well, no, I mean, if you go and if you go murder random people, or you know, you
2: can't murder random people. Random people try to murder you; they end up dead.
1: Yes, but I like, get if, what, if, I get what if you're if you I get what you're like, saying, but like you know, renegade actions, you don't get treated like a renegade, and if you get tre- if you do Paragon like actions, you don't get treated like one. But I think and that's, that's... What, people kept saying how they love that about the game, but it just seemed lazy to me. But that's it's just the seemed thing. like. In Baldur's Gate, you know, you had sort of a reputation, and if you murdered everyone in town, everyone would try to kill you. John,
2: get him, get him. <laughs> get
0: no, him, actually John. I agree with him. I hate ah, that God. in Bioware games, like <laughs> well, it, the, the, like I I am so about reputation. Like in Fallout, if you attack someone in, and I'm talking old school Fallout, you know, say you attack someone in uh, the I don't I can't think of any cities off the top of my head. You cannot go back to that city. I'm about reputation. And if if I kill someone's wife or someone's husband and then I go back and talk to them and they're like, "Oh, hey, how's it going? Well, let's go get a beer at the tavern." That's,
2: that's that's true, but you're talking about two different games. You're talking about Fallout where the original Fallout game had so much freedom that you could kill children in the opening town of the game. If you you could just roll right up out of the vault and start killing people. Dragon Age what I, what I was trying to explain to Stephen was you can't initiate battle with random NPCs. There are designated NPCs that are, say, pose a threat to you or it involves some kind of quest where you fight them. So there isn't that overlying freedom to where I think a reputation system has to come into play. And But even then, there are instances of that. Like in Orzammar, if you side with uh, one of the dwarves, then the other dwarf sends his troops after you. So – I. It's there. I mean, it's it's not on the level of Fallout. I wouldn't argue that, but I think that I don't think it's necessary because Dragon Age is telling an overall narrative, whereas Fallout, as soon as you get out of the vault, you could just be like, "And I'm going to go over here."
3: I mean, on the on the one hand, I feel like it's it's very contained. Um, you know, so like you have that that dwarf example. You have like I mean, pretty much within any specific scenario, choosing to side with one set of people kind of excludes or. Generally just sets you at odds with the other, you know, the other party. Um, but on the other hand, you know, kind of getting back to what I was going to say, no problem. Um, is the, uh, how, you know, like being able to bring the mage, the mages in, uh, that's something that Alpha Protocol did really well. Um, is that depending on how you approached, um, the, like the different missions, um, you could, like if you just kind of did them in order, uh, Steve Heck or whatever, Nathan, Nolan North's character is um is like, why why'd you take so long to to come seek me out, man? Um except in a distinctly more awesome and just tarries it. Nathan day. Drake style way. So, yeah, no, no, he's no, not Nathan like... Drake, he's so awesome. You should play that game. <laughs> the, the,
0: I, I was like Alpha about Protocol. And he, here's the thing, it seems like people are really split about Alpha Protocol's dialogue system. Some people are like, it's so unrealistic. I like the freedom it gives. I like I just like the fact that I can make uh, Thornton be whoever I want him to be.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's, I, it's a good game. I mean, w- it, we'll get more into it when we talk about Deus Ex because I feel like there's a lot of similarities between the two. But Yeah, we've kind of been beating a dead horse here with Dragon Age. Is there anything else you got to add about it, Zach? No. I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, and so I, I think that um, hopefully I can finish that before uh, Dragon Age 2. So I've got two weeks and I'll have like three more uh, large areas to complete. So and we'll uh, and then, see and then I- you
2: got like the the best part of the whole game, which is the lands meet. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that is the best part of Dragon. That is when Dragon Age like elevated from okay, this is a really cool RPG to something that I would go back and play. I, I played the whole game through again just to get to the lands meet again. I'm excited. It's it's the best part of the game, and it, it's it's a very it's that whole self-contained choices and things that you do that impact other areas. And there's so many different outcomes that you can reach. It's it's great. It's awesome.
3: I don't want to ruin it. Okay. Go for it. All right. Um, All right. Yeah, I, so- guess, I guess Deus Ex now, Steven. You beat that, right?
1: Um, I did. Uh, for the first time, uh, one of my good friends for years has been trying to get me to play it. I mean, basically since it came out. And I would always be like, no, I don't want to play it. I don't want to play it. I'd start it. I'd get past the Liberty Island mission and then I would stop playing it and just get bored. Um, but I sat down and actually said, you know what? Human revolution looks awesome. I want to play the first one so I can see where they're coming from. Because the second one is, it's not hated, but it's, it's much more simplified uh, than the first one. They, they kind of stripped a lot of the complexity out of it. And the new one, human revolution, they're aiming to make it more like the first one. And I mean, based on what I've seen, it looks just like that, but uh, so I played de- the original Deus Ex on the hardest difficulty as a non-lethal stealth character um, who occasionally used a rocket launcher to blow up robots.
3: Huh.
1: And Like you do. And I found it to be an absolute blast. Uh, at first, I do agree with what you said earlier, Zach. Uh, the stealth is a little slow at first because you basically have to sneak up behind everybody and whack them in the head with the baton. Um, and for the, you know the first, I'd say... Four or five hours, that is pretty much what you – that's all you can do. I mean you can shoot them with the crossbow, but then they turn around, they see you, and they all gun you down. Like I –
0: quick quick aside, and I want you to continue, but like any kind of game that's like you can do stealth or you can shoot people. I find myself where I play as the stealth character for about six and a half minutes, and then I just start murdering people.
2: uh, (laughs) I think that tells us very much about you, John. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, see, um, the the, the stealth thing I occasionally broke from, my main goal was to play it as totally non-lethal. I mean, there are a a handful of characters you have to kill. uh, The game requires you to kill them, or you can run away from them. Um, But there's a few characters where it's scripted, where you have to, there's no way to end the fight but to kill them. Like, if you try to hit them with non-lethal weapons, like a shield just pops up, and they're like, oh, you can't stop me. Um, But I think that's what added the most to the experience, because I really felt... As the game went on and you get more augmentations, I really felt like a super spy. Like, it was awesome. Like, I felt like my guy could run in and just totally just knock over an entire facility, like a high-security facility. And, like, you get... Like, I, I went with the mods. I got one that let me see through walls with infrared. I got one that muffled my footsteps totally. Uh, so by the time I got the, the muffled footsteps, you can run up to somebody and then whack them in the head and knock them out. And then if you jack up your stat in the crossbow... You can basically get it to the point where you can one-shot people with the tranquilizer darts. So by the end, literally, I can become totally invisible. I can muffle my footsteps, and I can see through walls.
3: See, that seems so, that seems pretty cool. I'm just having trouble because, like, I just am <laughs> so bad at this game. <laughs> Zach's
2: trying to kill people with a stick and a rock. Meanwhile, I you have know, a Steven's knife.
3: Over I have a knife. I also <laughs> have right. trouble with uh, inventory management. I
2: just killed a six thousand pound tiger with a stick and a rock
3: um you yeah, know actually I, the inventory was super annoying yeah just i mean i just have so much stuff and i want it all
1: see <laughs> i got at first i kind of held on to everything and then after a while you sort of realize what you're not going to take with you like you know i use the mod called shifter which just basically tweaks the game to fix a few bugs and make basically make it a little bit more playable mm. um and i mean it got to the point where like I would take out, take down six guys in a room and then I'd have to go to my inventory and drop six pistols out of my inventory because I never I, – I had a pistol basically to shoot landmines off walls. I never used it to shoot another human being. And It's, towards it's a the noble, end, noble effort. I, yes. <laughs> and the cool part is the game um, here and there actually recognizes you for not killing people. Like your brother in the game is very much against the senseless killing – And so, I mean, he'll recognize, people will recognize, you know, that you're not running around slaughtering everybody and that, you know, you you broke in quietly, you hacked the computer and you got out and nobody was hurt. I mean, other than the people you beat in the head with the stick.
3: Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, getting back to what I was saying about Dragon Age and how, like, you know, it, it seemed like certain decisions mattered and, you know, like my not being able to save everyone in the town was just like a minor setback. Um, yeah. in, in the first, I think when you first go into the UNACO headquarters at right after the, the Liberty Island mission, I accidentally went into women's bathroom first. And, yes. and he, and the, the director berated me and it was like, that's not something that reflects well on our organization. And I was just like, yeah, well, all right. Was that is so funny. Like, that is, you know, like I just, I, it, it seems like it's, it, you know, like they were thinking so far in ahead of future. what other games yeah. were. They, yeah, they, they, that's that's what my like, that's my favorite part about the game is that like you can really see that they are just like years ahead of the curve.
1: And that's why I'm so excited about Human Revolution, because I honestly felt while I was playing Deus Ex, I mean, the, you know, the AI is not amazing. I mean, you can pretty much walk up. You, if you, Let's say you're standing parallel with the guy. You can sidle up to him. And as long as you basically stay crouched, he won't see you. Yeah. And you can knock out the six guys around him and he won't even bat an eyelash. So the game, I think it's Unreal Engine One. The game is definitely like the ideas in the game are so far ahead of their time and of the technology that Human Revolution is taking those ideas and
2: it just looks like it's going to be amazing. Just because
3: that's that's it's, what I'm... it's
2: so high concept that let's, it, it's let's just... just let's temper our expectations just a little bit. It's, it's well, really easy to make a good looking trailer. I know I'm excited I, for it. I'm excited. I want to point
1: out. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I found the first 20 minutes – or re- I found 20 minutes of gameplay that have been pulled off the internet, and what I saw, it looks like Deus Ex. I, I, like I
2: really thing. hope so. I, I really hope that turns out to be the surprise that, like, Batman Arkham Asylum was. Like, it just kind of comes out of left field. Everybody's a little, you know, oh, maybe it'll be good. And then it's just like, holy crap, this is great. Like, that would be really cool. Actually, but it, the, it, the Arch- it's, the, it's the Rainbow Six Vegas guys doing it, right? Really? It's
0: <laughs> Uh, Eidos Montreal. Montreal or Idos Montreal, yeah. Which uh, Ubisoft Montreal is the guys who do uh, Rainbow Six.
2: Rainbow uh, Six. Oh, I, I could have sworn that it was Rainbow Six Vegas guys. I must have read that in a preview somewhere. Um,
0: <laughs> they're completely different companies. Yeah, no, you you must be right. I mean, I'm gonna. No, it's a lot of the guys who uh, who are left over from Ion Storm. Hmm. Uh, they're they're actually also working on the other Ion Storm franchise, Thief. Oh, them. that's
2: right. That, the the new Thief that they announced, like, years ago, and they're finally starting to work on it
3: again. Yeah. Speaking of old Thief, it's I, that is another game that I bought on Steam, and it seems a lot like Deus Ex in the sort of, like, thing. It it, it, it's, like it's Ion Storm. Not, maybe, maybe not Thief 1, but I think the, what was it, Deadly Shadows? Is that the most recent?
1: Thief? Deadly Shadows is the most recent one. Yeah, Dark Project one. is the one that everyone is, like, super right. in love with.
0: Okay. I, it's, it's Ion Storm. It's... True, true. Yeah.
1: They just they tried to do things that no one else was doing, and like the whole time you're playing Deus Ex, it's like somebody said, Hey, Blade Runner was a really cool movie. What if we made a game where you could be anybody in Blade Runner?
2: Yeah, that's that's a good point.
0: Wait, could it, wait, wait, wait. Can you be the guy who grows eyes?
3: You cannot. Ah, oh, Creepy. Creepy. Yeah, so I mean what I'm what I'm really kind of looking forward to and what we've been kind of getting at is that Deus Ex Human Revolution kind of looks like what Deus Ex could have been had it been made now. Um, and I mean, a lot the, the, my biggest pet peeves with Deus Ex 1 are, are the aiming system, which is, back, getting back to Alpha Protocol, very similar. Um oh, it's, uh, it's that sort of like you have to like hold over a character to like kick the aim in. You have to, like, you have to aim in, um, you sit still. Yeah, sitting still is, I mean, it's it's just, it seems, you know, it's very archaic, and granted, that's kind of what they had to do for the time, and, you know.
1: On the other that, hand, though, it's based on your stats, so true. once you've gotten your stats higher in certain qual- uh, ver- varieties of weapons, um, basically, with the crossbow, once I maxed it out, you basically it at them, and you're instantly dead on, so.
3: I mean, that's, yeah, it's the same, it's, that's the same sort of thing, like Alpha Protocol, once you get your pistol stat all the way up, it takes, like, you know, a second to to like zoom in properly, and then you can just instantly you know like headshot. And
2: I still um, I still hate that kind of stuff. It goes back to the Mass Effect One uh, uh, argument. I I hated it in Mass Effect One. I understand that the even,
3: game. Be- it wasn't even like that. Now like now well, now I've kind of like yeah all it's like when the thing it's, is,
1: it's not it's not like the crosshair is on something and you shoot at it and the bullet goes somewhere else. It's just it simulates that your character is a newbie with that kind of weapon.
2: Okay, it takes okay.
1: him a second to get a beat on it, but is wherever your crosshair is the radius of it, that's where the bullet's going to go.
2: I mean, I under, I understand As you aim over the character, the crosshair slowly, you know, moves in. I understand it. And I understand the purpose that it has in a game. It's just, I can't help the fact that it creates a disconnect for me. I play a lot of shooters. And if I'm, you know, if I'm playing left for dead and, you know, all of a sudden my bullets started missing, I would start getting irritated. No, no, so well, here,
0: here's the thing. I, I think it's the opposite of what you see in most first person shooters. Uh, in in most of these RPG shooters like this, it's stop and aim, and the more that you aim, the the more accurate that you get. Whereas in most shooters, it's fire, but the more that you fire, the fire. less accurate you get.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's a good, point. That's yeah. a good um, point. But like, but getting back to the the one of the things that I'm not looking forward to with this kind of modernization is the hacking. Um, which I Steven, in your preview, you mentioned that it's mini game based. Um, I really like the the multi-tools and the lock picks are really elegant um, a really elegant so, like solution to that in, in day I tech.
1: think what they were trying to get at with the minigames is they wanted to make it more skill based because it's skill based in the first one only insofar as you're limited by a resource.
3: Mm-hmm. So you know, oh, time, I'm, be- like, I'm better
1: with hacking, so I need fewer multi tools to hack this. Door. I mean,
3: it it depends on how they end up actually pulling it off. But if it's anything like Alpha <sighs> Protocol, like Alpha Protocol's hacking mini game was, it's it's just going to be really kind of painful. Are we expecting Human Revolution before the fall? It, I'm not. It, it was delayed till yeah. next fiscal year, so sometime after April.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm. See, they haven't said anything about it, but I mean they they seem like they were so close to having that thing you know, shipping that I feel like they might just be polishing it or what. Yeah, it, but- it,
2: it feels a lot to, – to bring up the point again, it felt a lot like the delay of Arkham Asylum where we got within like six weeks of release and then they were like, uh, yeah, we need three more months to polish this thing. And I'm sitting there going, go for it. And I, I think that they would be doing themselves a huge disservice to release that game in the fall. It's kind of the re- revival of an old IP. I think you want to give that game as much room as possible. I'd say release that thing maybe a month after L.A. Noire comes out in May, because I think L.A. noir is going to be the big game of May. I, th- I think that's going to surprise a lot of people. That's going to be this year's Red Dead. It's a good. That's, idea.
1: Like, that's by Rockstar, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. That's that's a game you don't want to get anywhere near. And and we look at what happened to Alan Wake releasing day and date with red so dead sad. and it got it got so yeah and I, I feel bad for those guys but you know they red dead moved on to their release window so there wasn't a lot they could do but i, I think you want to get deus Ex probably like a june or july release i think you you want to give it some room you want to put some muscle behind it but Definitely. that's yeah, yeah, yeah so is that it for deus Ex? I, I think so i mean we've kind of for the yeah. time being all right, for the time, see, being, see for time being. I'm probably going to play it a little bit at, at some point. I've got some games that I'm playing right now. So, Actually, yeah. can
1: I make one more point about that game?
2: No. Yes. Okay. The the endings.
1: Um, There's a lot of choice in the game. Your ending is completely determined by what you choose to do in the last area. It's basically press this button or go press that button. And oh, get the I different hate, endings.
2: oh, I hate those kind of That's endings. That's the
1: only fault I found with it, and the developers have said of Human Revolution that they want that to not be the case in Human Revolution, but I want to point out that the endings are awesome in the original that None of them is the, oh, everything went back to normal, or, oh, everything is happy. Every single ending is ambiguous and could mean any number of things, and I, so few games do that that I just think it was awesome.
0: I prefer the sixth ending in
2: 999.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> yeah, say, I'm still working on it.
1: Can
2: we have uh, the ending where there's a giant flash of light and then 500 years in the f- In the future, there's a garden over Midgar, and we're all very confused as to what happened. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just like, wait, did everyone die? (laughs) And then they bring
0: out a movie, and it doesn't make Uh, sense.
2: uh, It was just an excuse to hear One-Winged Angel and let Cloud do Omni-Slash again. That's all it was. But it was fun to watch. It was fun, but it was stupid. Yeah, but I mean... All All right, I got games to talk about. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about then, Rob? Uh, Phoenix Wright So I'm <laughs> playing the original Phoenix Wright on DS right now uh, Which is kind of cool in, in a couple of ways Because I'm, I'm going from the latest uh, Ace Attorney release Which was Miles Edgeworth And now I'm going back to the first one And you, you see a lot of the characters pop up again uh, it, It's really cool to see them in their original context You know, seeing uh, Dick Gumshoe for the first time um and to see Miles Edgeworth, and I, I've read a little bit ahead as to what happens in the first Ace Attorney game. I won't uh-huh. do any spoilers, but Miles Edgeworth is a complete dick at the beginning of the game, and it's kind of like the contrast between him in Ace Attorney investigations, where he was very much like seeking out the truth and he didn't want to make false accusations, and him in the original Phoenix Wright just being like, I don't really care. I'm going to get a conviction. I don't really care if the guy's guilty or not. I'm just going to do it. And I understand that you see his character develop as you go, But uh, that's really cool. Uh, I'm liking that aspect of it. The adventure game logic is – it was fine for the first two cases. I'm, I'm at the very end of the third case right now. And the adventure game logic is really starting to get to me like, oh, I need to go get a special Steel Samurai card to get this one witness to give me testimony. But in order to get that card, I have to go over here, and I have to trade a bottle for a Milk Dud. And then I have to Wait. go over here, and I had to do like this, and I had to do that. And it's just like,
0: gah! it's just horrible. Like, it's a cl- it's classic adventure game. It's, you have true. to click on everything and find everything. Right. And then John and I were talking about this
2: in the pre show warm up. When you get to the actual uh, testimony, when you get into the courtroom, that's when the game becomes awesome. The game becomes awesome when you get in the courtroom and you're taking apart statements. You have all the information available to you so you don't run into the problems in the uh, ACE attorney, uh, in uh, Miles Edgeworth, where. You weren't exactly sure if you had all the pieces of information. You weren't sure what was a contradiction. It's all there for you. There were a couple times, and I think this is showing the development of the series, where at one point I had to press the character. You're in the middle of them giving their testimony. You're asking them questions to try to get more information. And so you press them on their fifth statement, but then that means that then you could go back and press them on their third statement, which then meant that you could present something at the fourth statement. And I didn't run into any of those kind of problems in Miles Edgeworth, and so I think that shows the natural development of the series, like where it's gone.
0: Miles Edgeworth is the easiest of the games, and even through through Apollo Justice, you see some of those. It They get less. There are a lot of them in the first game but it's still, you need to press everything, and then when you get a press statement, you need to press everything again.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and that's a little awkward, but I'm definitely enjoying the game. I'm playing it for the story. I want to see how Edgeworth develops as a character. I find Edgeworth to be a much more interesting character than Phoenix Wright. Now, maybe that's because I've spent a whole game with his character, and now I'm seeing him again, but I, Phoenix Wright's character is kind of boring to me, but I I really think Miles Miles Edgeworth is a cool character.
0: Here's... I I don't want to cut you off, but... Go ahead, go ahead. um, Honestly, Phoenix Wright is the most interesting character in the game that's not even about him. Like, in Apollo Justice, which takes place seven years after the other three games, he is by far the most interesting character. Right,
2: right. And I, I really like him as a character. Um... That being said, one thing that I, I wanted to make mention of in the show, which is a little awkward, um, so you have Maya and Mia, um, who are part of the Faye family, and uh, of course, this being a Japanese game, uh, they're mediums. You know, they can. Um, you know. Oh,
0: I know where you're going. Yeah, you know it's, where I'm going with this it, one. No, no, no. It gets even worse. I don't <laughs> see how it could, John. No, it gets. No, not in that game, but in the following oh, okay. two games, it gets even worse.
2: Okay, so so you have a character who is a spirit medium. Her sister is killed. Spoiler. Um, and at one point, this seventeen-year-old girl channels her sister. Now, this being a Japanese role-playing game, you can probably see where this is going right now. And the seventeen-year-old girl becomes her sister, and the enormous boobs follow. Okay, and um... I'm. I'm just it, it it it's it's very jarring and it's very Japanese and it's just really driving me nuts like it's just weird so, I mean, I'm liking Phoenix Right and I'll probably get through it. I mean, it's one of the only games that I'm playing right now. Uh, I'm trying to free up as much time as I can before Dragon Age 2. So I, I definitely like it, but I'm playing it for the story, and the adventure game stuff is really starting to get to me. I'm, I'm just sitting there like I did with the last couple cases in Miles Edgeworth. I've got the game FAQ open if I start getting confused or if I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to say at any given point. I just look it up. I, I really do
0: yeah. and and. You know what? I, I did the same thing as well. It's like once you get to case four, and it's like, okay, this investigation segment is three hours long. Who do I talk to? Where do I go so that I can get out of this and get back to the courtroom? And I yeah. hear you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the first game I've been playing. Uh, the second game I've been playing, which will lead us hopefully directly into news, uh, upon the announcement of Dark Souls, I started to play Demon Souls again. Uh Woo-hoo! Yep, exactly. I, I sat down and I started playing again. First off, I completely screwed myself by picking a thief, who's probably the worst starting character you can pick because you start out with that little tiny dagger that you literally have to be right on top of something to attack it. So I screwed myself there. Um, Demon Souls, I still love the game, and I don't want Steven to think that I, I've suddenly become a hater. Demon Souls has some problems that i really want to see ironed out with dark souls number one is the camera you constantly have to babysit that camera for fans that don't know uh you're basically controlling a camera where you target a character and they become the center of the camera and so you move around with them you're having these intense sword fights with demons and leprechauns and just nasty things and uh if the character runs straight at you and you run straight at the character, the camera tends to spaz out a little bit. I got killed twice in the opening character just because uh, – just in the opening chapter because a character would jump at me. An enemy would jump out at me, and I would move, and then the camera would swing. So suddenly my left became my forward, and I fell down a flight of stairs and killed myself. So that that Maybe started – how to, to walk. Well, yeah. I clearly forgot how to walk. Um, <laughs> and that started to annoy me uh, – just a little bit, but it's not terrible. I just, that was annoying me, and then uh, more importantly, is a bigger issue that's going on right now with Demon's Souls. Uh, Demon's Souls has this wonderful mechanic of other players being able to invade your game. Uh, they're called Black Phantoms. They're able to invade your game, and the other players can try to hunt you down and kill you so that they can regain their uh, body in their game. So it's and kind get of the
1: satisfaction of totally
2: murdering you. And totally murdering you. Um, it seems like everybody in Demon's Souls now – I mean the game has been out for almost you know a year and a half now in America. It seems like everybody who's on it now is just playing as Black Phantoms, and you really can't go more than five minutes in your own body form without having one invade your game. And they're so stupidly overpowered. Like, I, I had one Black Phantom who I ran up to, and I, I hit him, and I hit him for one damage. And we both just kind of looked at each other, and I think he just took pity on me and just decided he was going to leave me alone. Like, there was no sport in killing me. It's like Batman stomping a kitten to death. Like, there was there was no point. And I just... That sort of thing... I think the Black Phantoms idea is a great idea, but I, I don't think it really works.
1: I think it works, but they have to, like limit it more. Like, on Diablo 2, they reset the ladders every couple of months, because it just gets to the point where people on top are going to stay on top forever. Right. And the thing is, with Demon Souls having, like, a level cap, I mean, you can get people that are, like, level 600. Yeah, yeah. And so, if he's level 600, no matter how good your stats are, you know, no matter how skilled you are, if you get hit once, you're dead. I mean, if he punches you while you have your shield up, he's going to hit you and utterly destroy you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I...
1: I love the Black Phantoms, because... I mean, you know, back when I played it, nobody was, you know... I mean, people were jacked up, but if somebody invaded my game, I mean, it was a genuine... Sh- it was exciting, because it's like, oh, where's this guy going to show up? I want to drop his ass.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's very exciting, but it, don't you agree that there's still one problem with the Black Phantoms, though, is that since you have essentially an endless supply of health items at that point when you start invading each other's worlds, you both end up coming up and hitting each other and then backing off and taking health items again and then going up and, like, attacking each other a couple more times, and it's just... I would say, if anything, they need to eliminate the health item use when a black phantom comes into your world or something like that, because it just it it creates this Mexican standoff where you can't kill each other.
1: I think what they could do, because the health item thing I don't necessarily mind, because, I mean, you have to be willing to use your health items to survive that.
2: Yeah, but if you have like 90 health items, why do you care? Well, you can only carry nine. What? You can
1: only carry nine, I'm pretty sure. Uh, No, it's been a while.
2: The, the but, herbs you can carry. I mean, as many as you can in your weight. And I usually had like 40 full moon grass and 35 half moon grass. I mean, I, I was I was basically a veritable Cheech and Chong, like just walking around with herbs everywhere, and you couldn't kill me.
1: Yeah. See, usually when I fought other people, I didn't even get close to them. I just blast them with magic from far away. No, oh, okay, okay. I mean, it, it, but I think it's a great I, idea. I do, just... I do agree with what you're saying, is that at this point now, it's been out for so long that people who are really into it basically are going to break the Black Phantom thing. And I think they can fix all of that. If they basically just institute some sort of – you have to be within 10 levels of this guy to join his game.
2: Yeah, and I thought that existed in Demon's Souls, but I, I have not seen it as of late. Maybe they changed it, but that, that's bothering me a little bit. So I, I think Demon's Souls is a great game. I definitely suggest that people pick it up because as we move on to news – Dark Souls. Yay! Ooh. Formerly called Dark Rim. Thank God they changed that name. Formerly hey, called yeah. Dark Race. Thank God they changed that name. Yeah.
3: Dark, Good. Souls. God. Yeah, so basically so, we'll
1: just break it down. It's bigger, it's better, and it's going to be awesome.
3: And it's un- uncut. Um <laughs> yeah. the yeah, so Dark Souls, uh formerly formerly known as Project Dark is from Software's new game. It's not exactly a sequel. Uh there are a lot of uh, it's kind of confusing because you know like they use the whole Souls name. Um <laughs> I mean like, you know, that's I think it's it's fair. There there are a lot of um like thing like articles that I've been reading that say like, "Oh, the sequel to Demon Souls. It's not, you know, not exactly, but uh um so yeah, so there's there's been a whole bunch of details that came out um as well as a trailer which was so awesome. Oh, yeah. Um and so basically I'm just going to go through kind of like point by point very quickly and then we can discuss um Dark Souls is going to have a seamless world, so there won't be a nexus, you know, there won't... I mean, there may be a nexus, or not, probably not, because it's not bulletary anymore, whatever. Um, but there won't be a hub from which you go to, you know, like, various, um, you know, like, waypoints and teleport everywhere. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to be one giant world. Um, and apparently it's going to be... The, they're, they're touting that sort of thing where you can um like if you see some you know like big castle off in the distance you can go to it um which you know reasonably speaking we'll see what happens um but it you know if they can actually deliver on that that'd be pretty cool
2: yeah um, no, i i have flashbacks oh, to Hideo Kojima talking about the jungles of Metal yeah, Gear Solid 3 true. and they i love Metal Gear Solid 3 but those big jungles that he was talking about they became rooms <laughs> yeah they were just they were jungle jungle corridors Which is fine. I mean, it was still awesome.
0: Yeah. I I think it's kind of an evolution thing. Um, When I was at E3 this last year, they were uh, talking to Square and Obsidian about uh, Dungeon Siege. And they said the same thing. They are like, okay, say you're on this high platform and you see something down there. That's part of the environment you can get down there. And I think more we're getting to the point where that's something that's actually feasible. Yeah, But I still don't know about Okay, I can see anything and
3: get to it. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be cool. I I I, I like what I hear so far. Keep going, Zach. Okay. Uh, apparently, Demon Souls took about thirty to forty hours to complete. Um, they're they're looking to almost double that number, uh, for about sixty hours. Love um, it. Yep. There's there's a hundred different types of enemies, or more than a hundred different types of enemies, whereas Demon Souls had thirty. Um, Love it. More <laughs> types of weapons, magic, and armor. Me too. Um, the, where, you know, like you'll, which is nice, you know, if, if not only for variety, but also for gameplay, because apparently the weapons are going to behave differently. Um, so you might, it, it you, you get the thing where you might enjoy, you know, like you might like the fighting style of one weapon, uh, which is weaker than another weapon, but you'll be better with that weapon. Um, there's, there's some new magic and one of the, the big kind of interesting, uh, magic spell that they revealed is the ability to turn yourself into a vase, um, which sounds goofy, but if you consider that they're, like, the whole black phantom thing, um, and ambushing characters is going to be a slightly larger emphasis, uh, it seems, um, in this game, then, you know, like, you might, you know, that that's the sort of thing where you're like, oh, I'll just, you know, kind of hide over in this group of vases here. Um, I like it. Yeah. I, um, I like deceit in my video games. I like it. Granted, now everyone's just going to break all the vases.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm back. He's back. Oh. All right, he, Stephen, he disappeared? Didn't, I didn't realize he disappeared. I right. didn't even know you were... I did,
1: and it made me sad because I was really into this discussion.
2: Oh, well. We talked we, about vases. We talked about vases and being oh, the, able to turn into The, <laughs> the yeah. vase spell. Yes. Vase. Uh, everything that I've heard about Dark Souls has me super, super excited now, one thing I want to ask Stephen, um, and I was thinking about this the other day, one of my favorite experiences in Demon Souls was you know asking for help, asking for other people to come into my game and you know take out really tough monsters, you know these guys who were just stupidly overpowered, these like good Samaritans that were coming around helping me, but it also made it a real pain in the butt if ever I wanted to help anybody else. I had a friend of mine, she got Demon Souls, and we, we tried to like organize. Uh, me being able to go and help her, and it was just an absolute pain, like, to try to get me into her game. Do we want the ambiguity to stay, which I think adds some things, or do we want to make it easier for, like, Stephen and I to play Demon's Souls together? Like, I, I can't decide which way I would want them to go.
1: I honestly want them to keep it because if they don't, then it becomes like every other co-op r- action RPG. Yeah, I the, and the, I, I – I, I I would appreciate that, because I really enjoy the gameplay of Demon's Souls, but, I mean, I was able to play with my best friend. We basically, we would say, okay, let's go to this room, I'm gonna drop my blue gem, you know, in this corner where no one goes, you know, join my game, and that's what we did, and we got through, you know, eight or nine levels that way.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think part of the mystique of Demon's Souls, and the reason it's so cool, is because it's so, there's so much depth to find in it. Like, my friend got it yesterday, after I, you know, annoyed him about it for a good two weeks, and... The thing is, I'm like, oh, yeah, go here and find this item. And, you know, it, it reminds me of playing games when I was younger. And, you know, you know FAQs didn't exist and they weren't as plentiful. Where, I mean, you could certainly find that info, but part of Demon's Souls was so much fun was because I'd be playing with random people and just find these, like, secret areas. And I'd find these crazy items that just totally changed up how I did things. And yeah. I think if they, if they get rid of the blue gems, that would kind of suck. On the other hand, they could create a system where you can still do it randomly, but they can make it easier for someone to locate you specifically.
2: Yeah, yeah, like uh, some of the guys that I met playing Demon Souls, it would have been cool to have been able to to see them again and to play with them again and help help them out. So I think maybe like a favorites option, mm. like uh, if. If you know Stephen and I find each other in, in Dark Souls, then we can favorite each other, and that way we know like when we're, we're specifically supposed to go after each other and help each other. I think that would be kind of cool. But so far, just everything I've heard about Dark Souls, I am very very excited. And they put a release date on it. They're saying
3: 2011, uh, winter 2011, I believe. Yep, and, yeah. in which, both which, regions. Really? So okay. So, yeah. Be a good Christmas um,
1: and or yeah. month after it's, Christmas. Oh
3: man, I have to write my thesis. During I have to pick fall or spring semester and I think that it's gonna have to be like I'm gonna have to just cut out games for a while. No, you won't. I between no, I'm not Mass a big Effect, fan of, of Skyrim, every... Dark Souls, Uncharted Three. And yeah, plus anything else that isn't an RPG.
2: Oh, one thing about Dark Souls that does disappoint me, no dedicated
3: servers. Yeah, so that's, I don't that's like that. something yeah, so there's there are no dedicated servers, um, which means that there are no uh, there's not gonna be a world tendency. Or rather an online world tendency, so, you know, like, uh, I guess, who who is it, Namco Bandai is publishing, so they can't go in and, you know, like, change, you know, like, do what Atlas has been doing for, you know, Valentine's Day and Halloween, and, you know, like, change the world tendency to pure white or pure black.
2: Yeah, Halloween, they just made it so the game hated you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty funny, was, Oh, my
3: God. I, you know, like, I really, I really like that sort of thing, you know, like, just because it, it kind of, you know, it gets everyone back into the game for a little bit, so... You know, we'll we'll see what they do. Um, they said that there's no plans. You know, like obviously for since they're developing the game now, uh, no plan for downloadable content. Um, but they haven't ruled it out. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how the game you know comes along. It looks pretty. It looks really pretty. Looks, yeah. pretty it, looks it
1: has that really that really that dark western fantasy art style too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the dude's using a head as a lantern in the trailer. I missed
3: that. I got you.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it was pretty brutal. Yeah, and I'm also looking forward to more environmental puzzles. Like, there seems to be an element of, like, environment puzzles. And I've always liked those kind of things. Like, I've loved them in the God of War games. Like, I I just really like that having interaction with the environment.
3: Yeah, that's, I mean, another thing that kind of came out was that the the way that they're going to be building the levels does, you know, more than just puzzles will allow you to kind of, like... In the trailer, there's, you know, like, uh, one of the characters, like, jumping down onto a larger enemy, like, from above and, like, plunging his sword into, you know, like, the its neck and stuff like that. So it seems like there there might – it might be a little bit more um, – A little bit more like, awesomer. Probably, yeah, a little, a little, a little bit, bit more, more awesome. awesome. It's, like, action-based, I'd, I'd say, you know. Um, yep. Maybe. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. See what happens. Do you okay.
2: guys think
1: that – Maybe they're getting rid of the, the world tendency and the dedicated servers just because basically with the original Demon Souls they have to kind of babysit it and like they keep talking about when they might shut down the servers.
3: True, and I mean like it, they it's, don't
1: want that to happen with Dark Souls.
3: I it's nice that you know like that won't need to be a concern um, and you know like it seems like that they're going to be uh, you know it seems like this is going to be a replacement for Demon Souls. You know certainly not in in the history of gaming, but for you know what. People are playing, so I think it's I think it's nice that you know like they're they're creating something a little bit more open ended, but at the same time you do that on those kind of larger. I like it. Players. Yeah. Um. So let's get into the rest of the news because you know there's, there's a lot of it. I'm gonna go chronologically, um, from January 26th until today. Um, we've got some some dream drop distance up in here. Um, I'm gonna go slip my
2: wrists in the corner. I'll be right back.
3: Oh, don't say that.
2: that really good.
3: Um. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's a couple of details. I'll just go over them briefly. Um, Action based gameplay. Uh, you know, you can play. Well, duh. Yeah, I'm. A bit... I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's not a well duh. You look at uh, you
0: look at recoded, and recoded had a fair chunk of different style gameplay, and nobody liked it except for Steven. Actually, the like the the turn based segments that were were almost akin to Mario and Luigi were quite fun. <sighs>
3: I mean, well, the what they're they're kind of you know like, it, this is all kind of a lot of it's coming out from how uh, Nomura suggested you know like how we kind of dissect the name Dream Drop Distance and so the drop you know like what what we've kind of speculated in the past you might get um like kind of what almost reminds me of like like a Kid Icarus or like a Res or like Panzer Dragon you could be like falling down which is like the drop um and kind of like attacking people I don't know. There's stuff. There's stuff. It's on the site. You There's Oh, and uh, one one thing is that um, it's it's about Sora and Riku as they go through their and this is this is not my words, mark of mastery test to become Keyblade Masters. Um, and so that's apparently, you know, like uh a big part of the game, you know. Not all of it though. So, you know, you'll switch between Sora and Riku. Um, they have different bosses there's other stuff i don't know moving on yeah moving on um let's see we got we got um what we got we got tales of zillia oh gosh i've been muted what
1: (laughs) (laughs) i've I've been talking i've been talking and i was like why is everybody ignoring me
2: (laughs) Um, i was wondering that i was like shouldn't he be defending kingdom hearts right now
1: Um, I said that Recoded was pretty fun, but it wasn't terrible, Uh, but it wasn't great by any means. (laughs) And I said that – I think Dream Drop Distance has a ridiculous title, but despite all the disdain, I still am looking forward to it. Yep, you will still buy it because you're a sheep. And the Mark of Master Exam is something from Birth by Sleep. Go buy your Dragon Age westernized
2: streamlines – any fan gets that reference
3: you are my hero. Moving on. Yeah, Tales of Z- is it I think it's Zillia. Zilia? Zilia. X- Z I L I A. Zilia. It's like wise. Um there's if you want like, really, Did you really
0: <laughs> Oh. <laughs> like I want to punch Rob in the face now. Excellent.
3: How um, much hate mail are you yeah, gonna get? If, over you, that? if you want to take a look at uh, the article that Liz wrote, um, there's there's some details on the characters. You know, I'm not going to go into their various heights and stuff. Um, yeah.
0: you What's know, their blood types? Blood, blood types. Types? types. That's I important to the Japanese.
3: I'm sure. I know. Um, I um, love so, how Barrett so
2: is so like five six
3: in the Final Fantasy. <laughs> <answers. laughs> no, He's like I'm five, a five six, six. A
2: buck eighty. <laughs>
3: Um, but yeah, so so there's some details on the characters. There's um, details on the the double raid linear motion battle system. I
1: think um, they're just having fun with that now. Yeah, you know, um, they're just I
3: mean, like, yeah, just, this one's called Limbs. You know, I'm not. It, it's confusing. But if you want to read it, you should. Uh, and we have screenshots for that. Um, our our <laughs> tenelico, how, I don't even know how you say this name uh
0: koga Koga. of R, koga something of rcl l
3: L of rcl um i saw kim is playing that is she playing that for review
0: yeah she is playing that for review Um, well
3: yeah so that that game
0: we we she we actually i probably by the time that this podcast goes live her hands-on preview will be up
3: yeah so um check that out check that out uh people and, uh, yeah, so that's coming out March 15th in North America, and it's there's a premium bundle thingy, um, which is going to have, you know, like a premium box and a hardcover art book and see a soundtrack. Um, but it is rated M, so, you know, kids, get your parents to buy it for you or something, uh, you know.
2: Are you going to have to get your mother to buy it for you?
3: I am <laughs> older than 17, sir. Can you drive a car? I... Can drive a car if my dad or mom or anyone over the age of twenty-one. Actually, now that I think about it, is in the is in the passenger seat. Um, I have a loan permit. It's a thing. Don't hate. Don't hate.
0: Just He's saying. gonna make us feel old, you know, Rob. I know.
2: Oh man, Steven's young too,
0: for that matter.
2: I mean, I'm only like
1: two I'll... years younger than you, two or three. old leave... I'm twenty-six.
3: You're oh, 26, wow. really? Oh, I'm 23. Well, there you go. And I'm 20. Yeah. It's like it's like generations. Except not. Me.
2: Yeah, except for Zach refers to old Nintendo when he's talking about N64.
3: Hey, no, I had an SNES. <laughs> I had I had an SNES.
2: <laughs> oh, that's old Nintendo. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's old enough. I played that Zelda game on the SNES.
2: Oh my god, I hate you.
0: <laughs> Look, I my
2: did that. This young whippersnapper off the show. Look,
0: you know what? Have any of you played anything on an Amiga or a Commodore sixty four? Yes, Actually I have. I have not. I've seen one.
3: Okay. News. Yeah, news. news. Um, <laughs> let's see. So I'm there's there's now actually like a lot, a lot of news, so I'm just gonna blow through it real quick. Um so, right,
0: wait, let's let's do a not blow through of Tales of Grace's F.
3: Oh, Woo! That's a game. That is definitely a game.
0: Yes, that's that's a game, and a game that we were getting in North America. True. Yes. Um, and, I'm a
1: like, stupid huge Tales fan, and I'm so glad they're releasing that here.
0: So I, I had someone email me about a petition that they want uh they, they said in the petition they want me to post about Tanamco Bandite that uh, they want Tales of Graces F for Wii in Europe. And that didn't make sense to me because Tales of Graces F isn't for Wii. Tales of Graces is? Yeah, people have been
1: confusing that quite a bit. Tales of Graces is the original glitchy, broken version of the game. Tales of Graces F is the version they finished for PS3. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, so that's that's a game. That is definitely a Tales game. That,
0: that, that's a game. Um,
3: there, we have an import review on the site and a gallery. Yes, so, we uh, do.
0: And that's a review that we got a lot of hate mail for because uh, Ashton does not like... Some of the basic tenets of JRPGs, but you know what? I am still incredibly stoked for Tales of Graces. It's one of those things where I know that it's going to have a generic story and characters that are fairly well slotted into different kind of anime stereotypes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to rip that sound out of the podcast and make it my text message (laughs)
2: sound. Was it really that bad? Every was time me it it's gonna be it was, uh-huh. it was
3: actually really, really good. Like, really, <laughs> like so terrible that it was good. Um I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. Oh, do. Um yeah, so that's it's a game. It's 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 um Tales of Graces F is the PS3 edition. Uh it has all of like the new costumes and content and uh uh, and it came out in Japan in December, so we will find out more about that hopefully soon. Um,
0: yeah, no release date.
3: Yeah, I mean, so uh, we've, that, that there's three Tales games kind of coming out uh, in the future, in the near future. Cool. So we've got Zillia, Grace's F, and uh, the 3DS Abyss game. So Tales of the
0: we, we probably won't see uh, 3DS Abyss, if my guess is correct.
1: I'm really hoping – and I don't want your guess to be wrong because it's you. I just wanted you to be wrong because that's my favorite Tales game.
0: Yeah, no, no, me too. I, I love Tales of the Abyss, but I, I really don't think – based on, on Namco Manti Games America, uh, I just – it's knowing kind of their release schedule and for – unless they can literally just rip the translation from the PS2 version and stick it in to the DS version – I don't see them spending, like, money to localize that game.
1: They could do that, though, couldn't they? Because they're not really adding anything to it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what's being added, what's whatever. Like, it's... it's. I, I wouldn't hold my breath, though.
1: The only reason I think it's a smart idea for them is because when the 3DS comes out, there's... I mean, you know, they always claim they're going to be RPGs at launch, but, I mean, why not release a Tales game on a platform that's going to sell a bajillion copies when there isn't a ton- a whole lot of other stuff, and then it will sell well just like Symphony did on GameCube because there was like nothing else
0: on GameCube. Yeah, I hear I i I I'm actually speaking of DS games that are tales. Um as long as it's as long as they they can actually do the battle system correctly, because I was playing Tales of the Tempest. Um, and that, the game Tempest. Was, that game is that game is awful. It's awful.
1: Ta- the, the other two on DS though are really good. Uh, tales of Innocence and Tales of Hearts.
0: Yeah. Well, I I got uh I got Tales of the Tempest for like $6 from PlayAsia. <laughs> <laughs> and that should have been a tip off to me.
3: News? Perhaps news. Um we've got that well, that's that's pretty big news. Um but we've got we got more news. We've got uh Dragon Age 2 is getting a demo. That's that's some news. Um Yeah, we're going
2: to have to decide if we want to record a show uh after the demo or just wait until the game comes out because it might be
3: See, I mean, well, here's, here is the deal, uh, is that the demo is coming out February 23rd, I believe. February 22nd. I think 22nd, yeah. Yes, the 22nd of February. Um, and there was, they had like a little, uh, like promotion going where if you had, if you worked at GameStop, you would get like a. a,
0: uh, (laughs) Not anymore. Oh, yeah, no. uh,
3: (laughs) I mean, especially in light of the, of the Crisis 2 beta leak, which was terrible. Um, for Crytek, I guess. Um, but yeah, so so I'm assuming that that was to combat piracy because you know the second they that one you know like kind of less than morally. I don't know where I was going with that sentence. Um, where one, one morally corrupt individual. Yeah, one morally. <laughs> one less morally kind of corrupt have,
0: individual. Have you been to a GameStop before? Yeah, good lord! I'm, hey,
3: I'm not gonna judge. They Didn't stopped. you work in a GameStop? For four years. Oh boy. <laughs> Where's, where's that picture of you with the, with the shrink wrap on your head?
0: Oh, it's the one from yours. <laughs> I haven't seen this. I need to see it. <laughs> uh, there's a picture on, on my Facebook of when I worked at a GameStop and I used our shrink wrap machine to shrink wrap my head.
3: <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah, moving so, on. So, um, so there will, yes, so getting back to Dragon Age 2, there will be a demo February 22nd. Um, it'll cover the prologue and let you choose a class and uh, take you through Kirkwall. That's
2: going to that's so, going to be really really cool to play. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to download the PS3 version. I'm going to play that and then I'm going to download it yeah, uh, on PC. Yeah, I So you, you kind of get to see cuz I I'm building my new PC anyway. So I you know, I'm probably going to buy it for PC, but it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, which version do you gravitate toward? So I'm expecting it's going to be PC because it looks exactly like Dragon Age 1, what, but it, what I'm really interesting.
3: Things. What I'm hoping that they'll do, and Bioware hasn't had a good track record of this, is putting in a controller support uh, for the game. Because, I mean, like, they have, you know, like they already have the interface on the Xbox and on the PS3, so, I mean, it wouldn't be too hard to throw in. Didn't, uh... But...
0: I don't, I'll have to check. I got, I I just did a fresh install of Mass Effect 2, and I've got like, a I three.
3: Don't believe it does. I'm not sure. I the like, last I, I remember I, hearing is that it does not support because
0: it uh, Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Or yeah. I I, I don't know, but it, like with with all the the games for Windows stuff, and that even though that, that I know how that's a big deal for developers because it's it makes things a. Ten times more complicated.
3: I didn't. But... Yeah, I didn't even realize. I remember that they, that Bioshock Two had problems porting over the controls, um, so they never really Bioshock yeah. like uh, like it's wait, because yeah. the PC the PC version does not have controller support, and it's a Games for Windows Live title.
0: Hmm. It should be required to at least for the the like. I've got a a wired Xbox 360 controller that just never gets unplugged from my PC. Same. And hmm. that, that's really weird because as far as I know, that was a requirement for Games for Windows Live.
2: I right hear typing. So. Somebody's looking for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it'll just be interesting to play Dragon Age 2 uh, on the console and to play the PC oh. and just see how the two uh, compare. I
0: Just total aside, when, uh, when Zach was talking about how he said you'd be able to see the prologue and create your character, I was thinking... Man, that uh, if, if you were just able to do that, no gameplay, I'd be like, that was like the, quote, playable demo, unquote, of Golden Sun DS at the last E3, uh, which it, I don't remember if it was the last E3. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. The E3 two years ago where um, they were like, yeah, we have a playable demo of Golden Sun DS. And uh, literally, it shows you a bunch of story and gives you control. You walk across a bridge and the demo is over.
2: Huh. Well, that kind of sounds like what they've been showing of Final Fantasy Versus 13 for the past five years. So, I, 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 I don't really see how that's a bad thing. Nomura's been making a living off that. He, he's, you know, rolling in enough money to buy zippers these days. So.
0: Sorry. (laughs) I think there's a difference between showing video and not showing a lot of gameplay and be like, oh, yeah, we have a playable demo. You can move the character.
2: Yeah. The the last video of Final Fantasy vs. 13, it was no mirror saying, no, seriously, we've been making a game. I promise. (laughs) This is what we've been working on.
3: Yeah, so a last last couple things about the demo Um, is that, you know, so it seems. Uh, I did a little bit of quick research. It seems that you, so you're going to be going, through, you're going to make your character, choose a class. Uh, you get to play through a little bit of um, Kirkwall, which is like one of the the big new areas uh, for the game. You, you'll meet Isabella, who is a smuggler and one of the romantic ish- interests. Um, she I was in know, Dragon
2: Age One too.
3: Was she? Yep. yep. I suppose I will run into her at some point.
2: Most likely, and you will um, not be able to recognize her with that new engine. <laughs>
3: Uh yeah, and then once you complete the demo, you will unlock Hater's Razor. I think it's haters. Um that's Haters
2: little, Wanna Hate.
3: You know. love us um,
2: wanna...
3: <laughs> but you and your songs, man. Um What? <laughs> yeah. I'm just making sure. Yeah, Hater's Razor. Um, which is a dwarf bleed with a few special abilities um you for for use in the full game. Um and so I just want to talk about Bioware, real quick. Um, <laughs> Zach, you sound angry. <laughs> no, I just I have such an issue with um, how they're charging uh, for not charging, but they, like there's so much like pre-order DLC, and this doesn't even go back to the Signature Edition. Uh,
2: I, th- I was gonna weapons. say, are you gonna are you gonna prove me right no, right now?
3: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, okay, um, but sure. weapons, weapons and armor in their games. Mass Effect Two has like ten new weapons that you can't get if you just have like a vanilla copy of the game um and the thing with like with Mass Effect is I I'm, I think it's a little bit more you know like uh impactful than it is with Dragon Age because you know with like Mass Effect you have the weapons really kind of determine not your play style so much but like the they they do modify how you interact you know not how you, but how you shoot aliens in the face you know <laughs> um so <laughs> So I, I just—I dislike that Bioware is, like, you know, I mean, not purposefully withholding things. And, you know, like, granted, you know, play the demo. It's not going to, like, ruin anything for you or, you know, you well, get a free weapon. But, like, the, the pre-order bonuses of, like, the, the Lion of Orlais shield and the Fade Shear sword, I just think that, you know, like, why not just throw it in the game, you know? Why I think will Why not make I'll- it
2: freely available? I'm gonna defend Bioware on this one because i I feel like that's more e a than anything else I mean dead space oh, you know, one yeah. dead space one and two, like there's literally thirty thousand weapons, and I was looking at some of the differences, like you can get the zealot force gun in Dead Space two, and I'm like, oh well, what's that? It does five percent more damage than the regular force gun in dead space two. I'm like, really, you're gonna charge a buck ninety nine for that
3: yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you know. To be fair to Bioware, it probably is more EA on the EA side of business, but I mean just DLC in general i it's been a trend over the past you know like let's say five years since um, since like the Xbox came out and you know like it's it's still something that people are feeling out but I feel like for a full price title you know I feel like we're we're at this this weird adolescent not even you know like weird you know pre adolescent stage of um, kind of, like, managing, you know, like, the the difference, trying to figure out the difference between, like, a, free, a free-to-play uh, transaction-driven, like, microtransaction-driven MMO and, like, a full $60 release with content that would previously be, you know, like, if you look at, let's say, like, Street Fighter, just, you know, like, off the top of my head, you have to pay for costumes, and, like, costumes would previously be something that you can unlock.
0: Yeah, it, it's... I, I actually disagree, specifically with the Street Fighter example. There, it's it's not like the the guys were like, oh yeah, we made all these awesome costumes and we're going to charge for them. It's stuff that they've been making over the course of whatever. You know, I'm sure that there's an art team that's <clears throat> that's working on it, and it's not like it was just one or two costumes because they added all the colors, is which true. is kind of what Ooh. I would expect. No no no, the colors no, were know, in the I game. Know, I know. Rob, I don't, I don't mind appreciate they... your tone. No, 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 no. no. Uh, no I was... Rob, I don't appreciate your <laughs> oh, tone. Stop
3: yelling at me. I, I don't
1: yeah. mind when they do DLC where it's stuff that doesn't impact the gameplay. Like, you don't feel like something was cut out that should have been in the game. But, like, when they just add costumes, that's stuff that I'm cool with because that's not going to affect me playing the game, but I can have something extra if I want it. True. All right. but on the other okay. hand, if they do cool stuff like they do at Mass Effect two, where they add like entire missions that in some cases are actually really good.
3: Yes, yeah, so then that's,
1: I think that, that's cool.
2: I want content. I don't care about items. You know, like I, I that was the stuff in the signature edition for Dragon Age two that I didn't care about. I didn't care about the items. I cared more about, you know, oh getting the soundtrack. Like that was the kind of stuff that I, I like when it comes special with a pre order. But costumes and you know weapons, those sort of things. I won't go after those, but new pieces of content, and I'll, I'll go back to the best uh, piece of downloadable content I think that has come out if we're going to exclude expansion packs, which was Undead Nightmare for Red Dead. I mean, that was... Phenomenal! Like I'm hoping that they do something like that for La noir I mean, you know, shoot. <laughs> I I hope that I I see like you know gangster zombies just like man see brains like coming up to she... me and, like that's the kind of stuff that I like and I, I think Rockstar is doing an incredible job with that again with the um the two episodes for Liberty City even if they didn't sell as well as Microsoft was hoping that's the kind of content that I want to see. I, I, mean, I yeah, don't, don't really don't care about
3: weapons. You know, like I certainly prefer and will. You you know, like, we'll only really buy the, like, content, um, that actually adds something to the game, but I feel like, I mean, maybe this is just, you know, like, getting back to, like, what, you know, back when we didn't have achievements, you know, like, as, as the little kind of, like, nudge towards, you know, like, doing something, back when, you know, like, finding the, the hidden bosses and, and stuff, and yeah, I'm, like, only you know like a baby but like I still you know I managed to play my fair share of, of PS2 RPGs like
1: defeating omega weapon in Final Fantasy 8 you got proof of omega
3: exactly like Which you know it's it's just like it doesn't do all, like it's nice you know like it's <laughs> I feel like costumes were kind of in that realm of you know like do this extra thing i mean maybe i could be just mistaken but anyway so that's my rant on
2: okay okay we we liked your okay. rant
3: all right next next um uh let's see We've got some some new uh, Valkyria Chronicles 3 DLC is coming out. I, I'm just, I really, like, I figure a lot of this, there's so much news that I'm just going to kind of jump over. Uh, ooh, Fantasy uh, Star Online 2 is going into Alpha Test this summer. Ooh. Yeah, so um, if you're in Japan, oh, snap, I can do this. Oh, man. I I might try to. Okay, yeah, um you can if you have a copy um a first oh, I am need to figure out this. Uh if you get a first print retail copy of Fantasy Star Portable 2 Infinity, um which will have a yellow sticker on it, um and this is in Japan, of course. Uh you will get a um you will oh, you'll then need, you get a code that will enter you into a drawing to be chosen for that <laughs> It's so, yeah, so if you want to play Fantasy Star Online 2... Um,
1: you have to jump through all these hoops jump and even then a it's not of, a guarantee. You have to yeah. buy 10 copies of Fantasy Star Portable 2 Infinity. Pretty
3: much. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, so that's Fantasy Star Portable 2 Infinity, for those of you who are wondering. Uh, comes out in Japan February 24th. Um, and apparently they're also going to be giving codes to people still playing Fantasy um, Star Universe and Fantasy Star Online Blue Burst. Which, Which is very wow, nice
0: Blue of them. is still around. A, I think Blue it's is just awesome.
3: Japan because I know that there are you know like um, slightly less than savory ways of playing it currently. In you
1: can play like a private server or something. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I think that's
1: actually legal though. I think they like they released like the code okay. for running a server or something.
3: So, yeah, so I think there there are like a couple of servers. Anyways, so yeah, so they're giving giving codes to those people too, but I have a feeling this is a Japan only thing. Um... But Yeah. Uh so yeah, for more details, we have a gallery up for Fantasy Star Portable Infinity to 2 Infinity, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and, and beyond. Um DS Gaia 4 Turbo
1: assault battery.
3: DS 4 has new galleries. Um uh Pokémon Black and White has new galleries. This 4 is especially um pretty awesome looking cuz they have those new HD sprites. Um there's there's uh new Costume DLC for Mass Effect Two. Um,
2: is there a way that we can make Jack
3: look sluttier? Uh, Jack isn't in this one. Oh, um, yeah, it's Miranda she looks in Miranda the back of the ship where she should be less slutty. Um, Tali looks normal, and then um, I was going to say Rex Grunt looks like he's from Tron. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, Miranda has too much armor on. There's not enough skin tightness to her costume.
2: Yeah, but she's got those weird horse teeth, which always kind of <laughs> freaked me out a little bit. She does! She has a weird smile! I don't know what it is about that aspect, too, but the she's... teeth look weird. <laughs> Miranda is very strange-looking.
3: Um, yeah, I'm just—I'm going to keep going. Um, there's there's new details—or rather, new screens and a trailer for Dungeon Seeds 3. Um, Harvest Moon Back to Nature is coming to PS1 uh, Classics. So you know, check that out on the PSN. It's six bucks. Um, so you know, Harvest Moon I like. Um, ooh, good real news, real news. Um, Torchlight One for XBLA, uh, is coming March 9th for twelve hundred space bucks. Cool. Um, I I best that's,
0: care about more more. The Beyond Good and Evil HD comes out the week. Also,
3: yeah, that's it's part of the the Xbox Live this, House Party uh, deal, right? And that's only... Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil is only 10 bucks. Do we cover Which that? Which I know it's... No,
0: it's not an RPG, but you know what? I don't hey, care. It's
3: like... Whatever. Yeah, so but good. if
0: you haven't... If you haven't played Beyond Good and Evil... Uh, here, here, I love Torchlight, and I love the guys at Runic. I don't mean to say anything negative about their game. It's great. If you haven't played it on PC, it's actually less expensive on Xbox Live than it was initially on PC. Mm-hmm. You need to buy it. But you also need to go buy another points card and you need to buy Beyond Good and Evil HD because if you don't, you're missing out on an amazing game.
3: Yeah. Um and then on the on the, the same Torchlight vein, uh the sequel is has been delayed until uh July at least, just because they're they're working on uh Torchlight One. You know, for that that Xbox thing. Um, you know, I really like that
1: those guys are actually like redoing the interface and really making it. It is.
3: Like, it is good. I mean, like, granted, you couldn't really play. You know, like your traditional point and click. Yeah, really. With uh, but it's
1: it. I just think it's nice that they're really trying to like. Not just shoehorn, like basically get it working somehow. Like, I mean, they couldn't leave point and click, but like they're actually like putting a substantial amount of effort into making an interface that feels really good.
3: Yeah, and it
2: kind of shows that maybe we should get Diablo on console. We, I'm, we, I'm we, sure we did. I'm we know, got, we got Diablo. I, I played on the crap out of it. <laughs> maybe I'm, they could just finish
1: the PC version because they're like they won't commit to a 2011. Game uh, to uh, uh,
3: uh. Can we talk about that news story? What news? Story? Yes. Oh right, yeah. Um, I don't know if it came up on the site, but yeah. So um, Diablo three may not come out this year.
2: Ah, but that was interesting because that was an investor call. That they said uh, that Diablo 3, there's not going to be a Blizzard release in 2011. And then the lead they, designer, the lead they designer. They weren't committing to a release in 2011. Right. They weren't sure. Right. And the lead designer for Diablo 3 said, it is our hope that we will get the game out in 2011. And then the next information that came out was, there's going to be beta news in May. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
1: StarCraft 2 had beta, and then like three months later, it was out.
3: All right, so we'll see. We'll see what happens.
2: I think it's going to make – I think it'll make release this
1: I
3: year. Think, I think I It'll be like the last Blizzcon? day.
2: When's Blizzcon? I can't podcast if the beta comes out on
0: a podcast. Uh, BlizzCon's in September like it always is. Okay.
2: Well, th- what I'm worried about is uh, L.A. Noir comes out in May, but uh, that, oh, that game, man. which is probably out. my most – that's probably the game I'm most looking forward to this year aside from Dragon Age 2. But if Diablo 3 comes out, all bets are off. Like just –
3: See,
2: Yep, game's over oh. for everything
3: else. Game over, man. Game. I think, I think I'm gonna make this the last bit of news just because yeah, so much of it. uh, Mass Effect 3 has a new composer. Yeah, oh, I'm not,
2: bad. I
1: feel bad. It, for it's uh,
3: ones. it's um, well, that's the thing is like, I was it the same composer between one and two?
1: I, it I was, think in the first one it was Sam Hewlett and Jack Wall, um, <laughs> and then in the third one they actually got a guy from OC Remix along with they had basically a team of composers and Jack Wall. Uh, supervised it. And I'm hoping that this new guy they have for three is going to work with the other ones because, you know, I just, it seems like it's just like a publicity thing to go get some big famous composer. Yeah, I mean, from a movie so, really so he's, right yeah,
3: he's the, I believe he's the composer from Black Swan, right? Um, yes. So he did, yeah, so he did Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, The Wrestler, and The Fountain. Um,.
2: Wrestler, great movie.
3: Yeah, um, and so the one thing that I will say about you know soundtrack wise is um, I wasn't a huge fan of Mass Effect Two soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I kind of agree. It, I mean, it's Mass it wise,
2: has, I, there's, there's as good far tracks
3: as it goes in comparison to Mass Effect One. Because um, if you like, if you play for me that that song at the end where it's like Shepard's like it, of Mass Effect 1 so you know Milo It's spread. called
1: M, it's called uh M4 part 2 I believe
3: No the the one where he's like climbing out of the wreckage and it's like duh, duh. it's like super oh, epic cool. and it's awesome Um anyways that that song is so much better than anything in Mass Effect 2 and so is the like the theme music for Mass Effect 1 is better from the Mass Effect 2 But
0: Guys, it, look, you, you look at some of these Japanese games and they're still, they have, they have the same soundtrack that Motoi Sakuraba did, um, you know, 15 years ago. I, I can't complain about the soundtracks with the people who are actually competent in the West. Like
3: I have, I have no problem, but it's just, it's it's a matter of quality. Damn it. <laughs> you, just,
0: you just don't like new
2: things.
3: I, maybe? I don't know. <laughs>
2: Think about that one it's, for a while.
3: It, it confuses me.
2: So, so are we done with news?
3: Yeah, oh, let's well. let's be done with news. Let's be yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, this is
0: this already gonna be a long one.
2: No, this is already gonna be a I'm long one. Eric's, Eric's going to be
3: yelling at us. There's, there's some stuff that needs to be cut out, but yeah.
0: Well, we hadn't talked
3: for
2: like three weeks. We really? meant to have a show last week, but it didn't happen. Sorry, uh, I was away.
3: My bad. Yeah, yeah we hate you. All I right, love so all you fans.
2: Alright, so I guess that's it. Uh, we need to decide if we're going to do a podcast uh, after the release of the demo of Dragon Age 2 or if we just want to wait. I think we can probably get another show in when that uh, releases. So we'll probably have the demo to talk about. Um, I'm sure there will be other games to talk about. Somebody's going to pick up Radiant Historia, right? I thought about it, yes. but I want yeah.
3: to. Yeah. I don't Neil, have enough time. I, I don't week? have
2: enough
0: time to blow through it so this week? Yeah. I don't have a day and Uh Radiant Historia for not... It, it's next week because it's Sunday now. I think it comes out on the twenty second. What? The twenty second? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah is okay, Sunday. it's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. A Tuesday. So, so it's nine days from today that we're recording this.
3: So, I so- I want to pick
2: it up. I really do, but I just I don't think I'll get through it in time with Dragon Age coming out, and then. You know what,
0: Rob? If you don't buy that game, I'm going to punch you in the dick.
2: I know. I. I <sighs> <laughs> I No, I really want to, actually. I really, really I
0: want to. I participate in that I, activity as well. Look, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Radiant Historia, I played like an hour of it before when we got our premium run and before we sent it away to uh, to Neil for review. Um, that game is probably nothing short of amazing based on the hour that I played of it.
2: All right.
0: Damn I need you, to buy John. me
2: some Pokemon. John's making me buy games that I want to play. Yeah. How damn dare you. I. damn you well it's just, it'll suck if I don't get through it in time for Dragon Age because I, I know this is what's going to happen my, my spring break at my school starts, remember I'm a teacher not a student so that's why I grew the beard back out uh, my spring break starts five days before Dragon Age 2 comes out Dragon Age 2 comes out, that is going to be my spring break I'm treating it like a nine to five job like I'm going to get up in the morning have some food, and play. So we'll have his story to talk about. We'll have Dragon Age 2 demo to talk about. Uh, we'll probably have more games to talk about. We'll make sure that Steven doesn't talk about Final Fantasy thirteen anymore. Um, I'm sorry. The combat that
1: I, system is, master,
2: is a masterpiece. I'm sorry I enjoy shooting space aliens in the face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys. Make sure you uh, stay up on iTunes. Make sure you guys are uh, talking about us in the podcast thread. Make sure you guys subscribe to us on the show through the RSS feed, through iTunes. Thank you very much, and we will see you all next time.